Well, good evening, everybody. Well, Wayne, you, you liked these last night, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, I, while I put this on, let me just reminisce a little bit. It's good to be here at Welcome Valley tonight. Our hearts uh, go out to this church. They allowed me, the Lord allowed me to stay up here for four years more or less. Had a mighty good time. I didn't do anything. The Lord did a lot. He'd have done a lot more if I'd have got out of his way, I'm sure. I remember there's folks that's not with us tonight. They had a better place. Amen. Y'all, everybody here all right. They wanted to put this on, so I want to be a cooperative all I can and everything. Man, we had a good service last night. Man, we had a good service last night. Lord showed up, showed us, set the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we just had a wonderful time last night. Whew, I hope and pray that everything is good tonight because I tell you what, he just don't work just one time and quit. You know, he's, He wants to keep going. I tell you, he wants to keep going. We look back at the years, and I can, I'll be 73 in November, and I don't even have to live to see that day. Uh, I may not see it. I may still be here, but who knows? 73 years, but you know, that's a lot of, a lot of time gone by. I, like some of you, can remember the churches uh, when I was growing up. They'd have a revival, they'd have it a week long. You'd see people walk down the aisle and give the heart to Jesus Christ. Then uh, then, uh, after the uh, Sunday morning service, after the revival, they'd go down to the creek and those people would get baptized. Man, I tell you what, 10, 15 people, you know, in a country church, you had a good revival. I mean, it was, it was something. But you know, more so than that, uh, I remember seeing Christian folks walk the aisle. We, we was at a church a few years ago, and, and the Lord, he, he, just, he just blessed and blessed and blessed, and some people couldn't understand why he was doing what he was doing. I think we gained five or six members on Wednesday night service, you know, because they asked to be a part. And we just, hey, if y'all agree for them to transfer the membership over here? And they did, and we did, and man, we had a good time. Every time that we come into, into, into the worship center, every time we'd have a service, there's somebody walking the aisle. Baptized a man, went to East Hill Church of Christ, came married, he made a good Baptist, and he was just, he was just tickled up. He just tickled to be there. He wanted to be a part of the church. You know, the Lord's really working. Amen. And when he kept on, then, then I, I kept saying, I said, don't stop praying. Lord is moving and he continues to move. But when we get satisfied, when we stop, then, then he can stop. Well, they, they was kind of, this is just not normal. You know, when you come in and you have, every time you have a service, you got somebody walking the aisle. Preacher, would you pray with me? It's something all the time. How good it was. And then the devil, the devil would get in when we don't think he can. Amen. That's right. And when he got in, I tell you what, he come in and he run up one side and run down the other side. 
And it didn't matter who was preaching the message. You didn't see nobody walking out. You didn't see no burden people that seemed like for their loved ones that was lost. They come and they do like what a lot of the modern churches do today. The modern church tries to leave God out of everything. They won't put Him in a box. Won't put Him in a box. And tonight, if you're expecting something to happen, it's not because of me. It's not even because of you. Not because of this church. If something is going to happen, it's because the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. And you just do as Brother Wayne said. You do what the Holy Spirit would ask you to do and you will be in order. You will be doing what God would want you to. In fact, sometimes I think we get a little sophisticated. We was talking about that back there with the preachers. You know, you remember, how many of you remember going to church and you didn't have no air conditioner? You had a fan? You had one of these funeral home fans you done? Had the windows up? Out there at Scott's Hill where we went, they had these big old lights up there, one of the chandeliers with the lights, and, 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 and you sit there as a boy and you'd watch them old candle flies go, <laughs> like that. I mean, it's just something. But you know, I can remember the time when they, in the summertime, they'd have those windows open, there'd be people standing on the outside looking in. We don't have to worry about that anymore. You don't have to get here early to get a seat. Wouldn't it be something if you had to get here an hour early to even get in the building? You know something's going to happen. And I pray you come expecting something. Is the Lord blessed anybody today? Do you think He's going to bless you tonight? I want to ask you a question We kind of start off. Gentlemen, how much do you love your wives? Bunch. How much do you love your wives? Women, how much do you love your husbands? A bunch. A bunch. Oh, I tell you what, that bunch sounded a bit louder than that other bunch. <laughs> Mom and Dad, how much do you love your children? A bunch. Well, let me go back here just one more step. Husband, what would you do for your wife? Darlin said if somebody come in here with a big old gun, pray God it never happens, but somebody wants to come in here. And they're going to shoot your wife. Who'd stand there in front of them and say, I'll, I'll take the bullet? If it's your son or your daughter, and you say, I'd take the bullet. But wait just a minute. What if they come in here and they said, not going to get your children, not going to get your wife, not going to get your husband, but I'm going to get that preacher standing right up there. How many of y'all would want to take a bullet for me? Huh? Some of you will. How many of you want to take it for, you, for your son? Raise your hand. All right. Now, how many would want to take it for me? See, there's a, there's a difference there, isn't it? There's a difference between us and the Lord and what, what it is. The Lord, He loves us while we were yet sinners, while we were rotten in that sin. And He didn't save none of us. Didn't save none of us because of how good we were. Didn't, it don't work that way. Man, I got more sheets of paper up here. If they was to catch on fire, we could have a weenie roast before we got through I don't know how the message will be, but I have prayed and prayed and prayed and I've studied and I've studied it ever since we were talking about these cluster revivals. But not just a revival, on Sunday mornings, on Sunday nights, or on Wednesday nights. Spending more time studying the Word. Yeah. And Lord, I want to do what you want to do. 
If, if what I've got in mind tonight don't, don't go with what you got, then it's not going to do you any good. But if it's what the Lord wants, it's going to put everything together. Amen. Would you pray with me tonight? Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we come and we thank you, Lord, for this day. A day, Lord, we have the freedom to come and worship you openly and come in this building, Lord, to worship you tonight. We have the freedom to go out here on the streets and proclaim the name of Jesus if we'll just do it. We got all kinds of freedoms, Lord, but sometimes we just kind of take it for granted. And Lord, there's people in foreign countries that have to get up before daylight to go to a place to hide out to have a worship service. And they have to stay there all day and in the wee hours of the night, in the darkness, they go back home or they'll be killed if they're out on the streets. They love you that much. And Lord Jesus, we hadn't been persecuted. We haven't had anything done to us near like what they have done in other countries because of Christians. It's an open market on Christians around the world, it seems like. But Lord, in this United States of America, dear Lord, we just pray that we will stand up and stand tall and Lord, we'll call out your name. We'll, we'll come and we'll ask Lord Jesus you to save our loved ones. Save those that come in that don't know you. We just ask your blessings upon this service tonight. Lord, I can't do anything. I don't claim to. And Lord, if I could, and if it was me, it wouldn't be of no good. But Lord, I ask you to take over. I ask you to touch people's hearts. I ask you, Lord, to bring families closer together than they've ever been. And I'll give you all the praise and all the glory. Thank you, Lord, for just this opportunity tonight. For it's in Jesus' name we do humbly pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Would you turn with me tonight to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25. You could put two titles on this if you wanted to. I don't usually title a message, but it talks about, it's a parable of the ten virgins. And a parable is a short, simple story designed to communicate a spiritual truth, a religious principle or a moral lesson. So in this, we're going to read the first 13 verses in this right here. Let me ask you, y'all have got comfortable and everything, but let's, let's stand in reverence to God's Word, if you would, please. Not to me, but only to Him. Matthew chapter 25, beginning with verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heavens be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, five were foolish. They who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. The foolish, that, that, that really tells it right there, don't it? They didn't take no oil with the lamps. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. Then all the, those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go you rather to them who sell and buy for yourselves. Notice this verse 10. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, 
And they who were ready with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterwards came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Lord, bless the reading of your word, the hearing of your word. May you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. I don't make an excuse about it. I drank a lot of water. I was pastoring up here. We had uh, three preachers came, one each night preaching. Brother Bill Sharp used to be down at Minor Hill. He was one of the preachers. And I was trying to be just nice as I knew how to. And I said, Brother Bill, I said, if, if you'd like to get you a bottle of water, I'll be glad to. You know, I thought just between me and him, I was just trying to be nice. And he said it for everybody. Well, that's all right, too. He said, no, that's all right. He said, I do all my drinking before I come to church. <laughs> really good, really good. But uh, sometimes you take medicine that makes your throat kind of dry, your mouth dry. You know what I'm talking about? And you have to do that. And uh, I hope it don't bother you there, but... Uh, Lord, he, he, he allows me to do it because he said stop doing it yet because uh, he, he wants to keep it going. A lamp with no oil defeats the purpose, doesn't it? No light will be there. And I've heard the kids sing here and other places about this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Well, I'll tell you what, if you don't have no oil, you don't, it ain't going to shine. Now, we use the battery type. You know, Johnny's talking about the batteries on the radios. But if, you, if your battery don't work, you ain't got no light, do you? These, these ten virgins, as we look at this here tonight, five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. And I looked and, and, and I said, Lord, give me something to, to go with this right here. And, and I kind of tied the, the, uh, the unwise or the foolish virgins with the lamps. They looked good. They went with the lamps. And Lord, what can we use to kind of uh, say about it in our day and time? Well, he said, we see many Bibles. How, how many got a Bible now? Just raise it up there. Hold it up there just a minute. Hold it up. Praise the Lord. Wherever you go, carry it. Don't come to church without it because if you do, if you don't bring it, you're taking the preacher's word for it. Not that he'd tell you a lie, but it's the truth right in there. But you know the Bible, like that, like that lamp with no oil in it, we got a nice Bible and if we, if we have to wipe the dust off of it or if we don't open it up, well, you have a nice Bible. It's got a leather cover on it. And you've had your name embossed in gold on it. That's got your name on it. And you've even permitted to have your name written inside on the first page. But you hadn't underlined anything. You hadn't marked it up or nothing. Mine looks like it fell off the back of the truck. It's used. It's used. But I'm going to tell you what. Uh, uh, that Bible that somebody carries... It does no good unless it's opened up. 
It, it'll do you no good, but it looks so good when you carry it. Come on now. Do you want to look good or do you want to be good? Yeah. But these virgins had the, had the lamps and they went. They didn't have anything else. That, that's, what, that's like the modern church today. You know, we got a lot of modern things. We're talking about back there about the seats that, that we sit in. Used to be, uh, man, them things. Uh, yeah. You wish the preacher would kind of hurry up, you know what I mean? Some of them things, and they had them slats in between them like that, and you sat, you couldn't get comfortable. You turn one side and down the other side. And seemed like preachers preached longer back then than they do now. But, you know, we don't have it that way. We don't have the seats that's got the slats in it. It's like sitting on a, I don't know what, you fill it, fill it out. But we got the windows closed, and we got the air going. We got the padded pews, and, we got, it, we got it made, folks. We got it too good. We got it too good. You know, I don't believe people want to sleep back there on them pews like you used to sit on. Maybe they did, but, but anyway. But they, these foolish virgins, they go and they, they're going on a trip. They're going to meet the bridegroom. They, they all going in and they carry the lamps with them right there. And five of them are wise, he says, and five of them are foolish. They who were foolish, they took your lamps, he said, but they didn't have a wall in them. You, you buy your children, maybe you like to play with them too. You buy your children these little, these little uh, cars and trucks that's battery operated. You put them batteries in that thing, and man, them things will climb a wall. But you know, after a while, you know, they, them batteries, they get wore down, and where that thing used to fly, it's barely... Uh, don't move very fast, does it? Sometimes that's the way we are. They took your lamps, but they had no oil. But the wise, where are we going? We're going to meet the bridegroom. They had their lamps, and, and they, had, they were prepared to meet the bridegroom. Ever how long it took, they were prepared. And it said, verse 5, he says, And while the bridegroom tarried, they slumbered and slept. Bridegroom wasn't in no hurry. Jesus hadn't been in no hurry to come back. God hadn't sent him back because there's still things that we need to do. Amen. And I'm not talking about working your way to heaven, but there's work that we need to do to make sure other people knows about Jesus. If they're going to get to heaven, it's going to take us to do it. It ain't going to take them folks outside the walls of this building that don't, don't go to church. The unfaithful, they're not going to do anything but be unfaithful. The faithful is going to be doing what the Lord has called them to do. But be prepared when you're faithful to do what the Lord wants you to. Those that don't do anything are going to complain. They're going to fuss about you. Look at who who's he think he is. He must think he owns that church. I had a drunk tell me one time, said, uh, you think you're the boss here? I said, I know the man that sent me here. <laughs> the bridegroom sleep. The bridegroom is not in that hurry. Verse 6, he said, and at midnight. I thought about that and I heard that song you used to hear, the midnight cry. Oh, Lord. Lord, Lord. 
At midnight there was a cry made. And behold, the bridegroom cometh. And go you out to meet him. Are you prepared to meet the Lord? Are you prepared if it should be tonight? Is everything in order? Now you can smile and you can tell me it is, but he's hearing what you said. Is it all right with him? But there was a cry made. Then all of those verses, all ten of them, he says they arose and they trimmed their lamps. My Bible's got here says, but without the oil, the trimming was useless. It's a religious activity without the Holy Spirit. Oh my goodness, how many times we won't leave the Holy Spirit out? Oh, we, we, we won't shy away from that. People think we're crazy. Man, you got to act dignified in the church. You need to be dignified. I mean, this is the place. Wait a minute. You need to be dignified in the funeral home. But when you come to God's house, you ought to be able to express your praise to Him. Amen. Is there a praise in the house anywhere? Amen. Well, if somebody stands at their feet and give the Lord the praise. God say amen when somebody stands at their feet and give him the praise that he so deserves. He's worthy to be praised for all he's done. For all he's done. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Give him praise. For all he's done, for all he expects us to do. So little we have to do. How would you like it if it was reversed? And he didn't have to do no more than we did, but we had to get that beaten. We had to get that beard pulled. And we had to get that uh, cat of nine tails with that whip digging in our back and tearing the flesh plumb out of it. How would you like to be doing that? And after that, having to take the top part of that cross all the way to Golgotha, but he didn't make it without falling a couple of times, did he? And there was a man... Simon of Serene, I believe is his name. They had compelled him, you take that cross. And he got it and carried it the rest of the way. Now let me tell you what, the one that picked it up and helped Jesus the rest of the way wasn't the one that died on it. Amen. He just carried the cross. He just carried the cross. The Bible tells us that we're to take up our cross daily and follow Him. Oh, preacher, I go to church on Sunday. Every now and then. I go for Sunday school and I heard the preacher before, so I, I just go home early. Or I go for preaching. Everybody knows that's more spiritual than that Sunday school. And that teacher, he don't know when to stop or she don't know when to quit. <laughs> Same old thing all the time. But Lord, what do you expect of me? I mean, I give you, I give you an hour a week. <laughs> well, what else do you want? I mean, I go, most every Sunday I go, and Lord, I'm there for preaching. And I tell them folks, they need to, they need to serve you. Have you been telling folks they need to do something, but you're not doing it yourself? I praise not anybody in the house that. If 10 more people come in and lost, is everything we'd be talking about them, wouldn't we? But the virgins arose and they trimmed their lamps and the foolish, you can really tell this right, the foolish said to the wise, <laughs> give us of your oil. Sure, we're going to give you our oil. 
Yeah. What did he say? No. Go down here and buy it from those that sell it. Well, that's all they had to do. They didn't have a wall. We got to go get something. You know, that, that's, that's the way of a lot of people today. They're not yet saved, but they're wanting to get, get it a little bit later. They, they, they need something, but not now. Will you give your heart to Jesus? I'll pray about it, and one, one, I'll pray about it, and one day I will. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Book of James tells us you don't even know about tomorrow. Don't make plans for tomorrow unless you say, if it be God's will. If it be God's will, then you can do that. But they were, went to buy the oil. And that's just like people that's not ready. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. I think it's Matthew uh, 24, 42. I'll just turn back there. It says, watch, therefore. For you know not what hour your Lord does come. Present believers know that the second coming will take place during the battle of Armageddon, but unredeemed Israel will not know. Lost people don't know when that time's coming. We don't know the exact time. We know everything's falling into place. I don't say this to scare you. You can turn on TV and watch the news. That that, that don't scare you sometimes. We're at odds with North Korea. We're at odds with China. We're at odds with Iran. And maybe some others that I don't even know about, but we're, it's so close of, of a nuclear blowing everything up. And Lord be with that, that man in North Korea. I wouldn't even attempt to say his name, but he's just seems crazy enough that he don't care. If he could blow everybody up on the face of this earth, he'd do it. You remember 9-11. You remember the planes flying into the World Trade Center. 3,000 people or more or less died as a result. Terrorism hit the United States. But white churches were filling up after that happened. They would, they would get in there and they would, uh, they would be there. We need some assurance. We need, we need to know that everything's going to be all right. But then they started going back out there. The door was shut. The virgins said, Lord, and don't you know this is as pitiful as no tackle. If you're, Tommy's talking about that little boy down there today. Don't, don't you imagine when we cry out to God, for, for if, if it's one of our children or something like that, we don't, we don't stand up there and act like an aristocrat, be just something, somebody so special. No, we get down there and we, we, we cry out to it. Don't you know that these virgins were saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. Open to us. Lord, let us in. And there's people that, that believe everybody ought to be in heaven. If everybody's going, I don't want to go. Because it won't be heaven. It'll be hell. If I can get there other than Jesus, then I'd brag about it to everybody I could. But there ain't but one way to get there. That's, that's by Jesus. John 14, 6 tell you that. But the other virgins, they, they said that. 
But he answered, what did he say? Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Now we know the Lord's name. He's got many names. But let me ask you this. Does he know your name? Is your name written down in that Lamb's book of life? That's the way you know you're going to be in heaven. If your name is in there, if your name is not in there, friend, you're not going. You're not going. How many of you plan going to heaven? Raise your hand. How many of you think you might see hell? Are you sure you're saved? I'm not here to doubt you. I'm not here to judge you. I just want to ask you. Are you sure? Are you, do you know that you know that you know that you're saved? We had a lady at the Richland Baptist Church, first church I'd had the opportunity to pastor. And this lady shared a testimony. And she shared with us, the first time I'd heard it, I hadn't been there very long, and she shared, she said, my husband wouldn't go to church with me. And she'd went some 30 Years, 32, 3 years, I believe it was. He would not go with her. She went to church faithfully. She was praying for him. Lord answered her prayer and he said to her, said, I want to go to church for you Sunday. He went to church that Sunday morning. And he went back again. And it wasn't long that he walked down the aisle and asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of his life. An older man at that time. He was gloriously baptized and it wasn't long after that the Lord took him home. And what made that so special, I'd, I'd read a story in a book about this evangelist that going from place to place and oh, he was dressed fit to kill and he was sitting there and they'd, the night service before then they were baptizing this young man up there and he was sitting there and this elderly lady sitting beside him and, and he just, uh, there he said, I was preaching here last night and he said, that young man walked the aisle and got saved. I was preaching there and he got saved. And the book in that story, that lady looked at him, she said, sir, she said, yes, you were preaching. But that's my son, and I've been praying for him for a long time. He'd come to know Jesus. Do you remember when something happened unexpectedly? You didn't expect it to happen, and then it did. Have we went so long that we don't see something happening? Sometimes we doubt whether it's ever going to happen again or not. Do you have children that's lost without Christ and they don't have no need for the church and to get them in there you'd have to uh, offer them all kinds of good old food or whatever to, and that don't even get them anymore. But you cry your eyes out and you pray for them and you ask them, honey, I just wish you'd go to church. I just wish you'd get your life right. Oh, mama, i got plenty of time for that. i got plenty of time for that. And his telephone rings, and on the other end of it, it's the funeral director, and saying, Dale, can you come over here to the funeral home and meet with us? We've had this 16 year old that's 
wrapped his truck around a tree. Family needs a preacher. If people were in such a trance, I don't know whether they even knew that I was there or not. God did, and that was the hardest funeral I believe I ever tried to do in my life. I wanted to comfort them, and I tried to say the things, the words of the Bible had, but they didn't. It's just like they didn't hear. But the bridegroom answered, he said in verse 12, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. For watch therefore for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Everybody take just one deep breath, would you? Like you go with a doctor and they go and shake you all over there. Take another. Take another. What if that was your last one? What if that was your last one? What was after your last one? Where would you spend eternity? Where would you be for all eternity? I preach a message that a lot of people don't like to hear. God gave it to me, nobody else did, and I'll keep preaching until the day I die. And it's not popular, and it don't need to be popular. But we've got too many people in too many churches that's got their name on a church roll somewhere, and they're living like hell on earth. But if you ask them about going to heaven, yes, I'm going to heaven. You better believe I'm going to heaven. Well, tell me, how, how, how come you're going to heaven? We don't never see you in church. We see you out here and you, you're drinking and you, you're boozing it up and everything, but you're going, how are you going to heaven? Because he whew, had one real close to me this. Because I joined the church and I got baptized and I'm going to heaven when I die. I said, no, 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 no. A thousand times no. You go to a funeral home and the family will come around and they'll say to a preacher, I don't know about you other preachers, they basically say the same thing, but they'll say, can you help us? He's such a good boy. She's such a good girl. Can, 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 can you preach them? They're they going to heaven, aren't they? Aren't, aren't they going to heaven? And you say you want to comfort the family, but you don't lie to the family. You have to just preach Jesus. Right. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He didn't say everybody's going to call upon Him. But if you call upon Him, you're going to be saved. The door was shut. It's too late. How many of y'all have been members of a church 50 years or longer? Anybody? Okay. What about anybody about, anybody 60 years? Nancy, you didn't raise your hand, you know. <laughs> Terry, I'm getting it for you, Becca. But ever how long you've been a member of a church, just think of this right here. If you've been a member of a church for 10 years, and, and you attend three times a week, and let's just say 50 weeks a year, that's, what, 150 times? And for 10 years, that'd be what, 1,500 times? That's a lot of church, isn't it? <laughs> so for somebody that's not saved, that's a lot of church. If you joined the church when you was 19, and now you're 49, and you hadn't grown a bit since you was 19 spiritually, folks, that's been a long time. In just a moment, we're going to have an invitation, and this preacher is not giving an invitation. It's not for me. 
So rest assured, it's coming from higher up. Amen. It's not coming from Brother Wayne, even though last night he was way up there. <laughs> it's not coming from Welcome Valley. But it's coming from the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. It's coming from the one who took your punishment. It's the one that, that wants you to draw closer to him. In yes. these cluster revivals, and I prayed, I said, Lord, I don't have to see things happen. I know in faith, faith is believing something's going to happen even though you don't see it. But you know, we had revivals uh, before, and it, did, it had good crowds, had good singing, had good preaching, but we had very few. Come and say, I want to give my heart and life to Jesus Christ. I don't know as we had people come and say, I want to rededicate my life. How many of y'all remember rededication? You go and rededicate your life. You recommit your life. You hadn't been doing what you should, but now the Lord has spoke to you and you need to do that. If there's not a lost soul in the house, there ought to be every one of us recommitting our life to be a better person tomorrow than we were today. They didn't have no oil. The boy, they, they, had, the, they had the lamp. You got that new Bible, that big old shiny Bible, that thing, it takes two people to carry around, but you don't know what's inside of it. Show sure does look good. Show sure does look good. I'm not going to heaven because I look good. I'm going to heaven because I know who saved my soul. In faith, that's where I'm going. By faith. By faith. How many of you had your prayer answered? You've been praying for somebody and you had a prayer answered. Anybody? Amen. All right. You still got somebody on your heart you're praying for? Maybe they hadn't answered it yet, but you just keep on praying. Yeah. Amen. Matthew 21, 22 simply says this. In prayer, whatsoever you shall ask believing, you shall receive. You're asking in the Lord's will. I heard somebody say, well, you know, that'll work, uh, I pray that I win the lottery. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Lord owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns everything. And he don't need no lottery money to build nothing. Amen. Alabama turned down the lottery. Tennessee wasn't as smart. And they picked, oh, it'll help our schools. Oh, Lord, it'll hit. we will never have to, I remember that man saying that, with the lottery passage, we'll never have to ask for any more money for the school system. It wasn't long, and they said, we need the, more tax money. Liars. That's all they are. How can they, how can they, how can they get through, how can they go lay, lay down and sleep at night when you lie? Other than me, how many of y'all ever told a lie? <laughs> you told a lie. How did it make you feel when you told a lie? Does a liar feel bad when he tells a lie or she tells a lie? If they're good enough, they can tell a lie, then they can come along and tell another to cover it up, and another to cover it up. But you just you have to be sharp enough to know what you said the first time. But you're not a politician, so that lets you out. But if you're a politician now, I believe they train on that. I'm not saying everybody does, but there's some of them. 
Well, it's like Bill and Monica Lewinsky. I didn't really consider being in the same room with her. Yeah. People lie. But what do we think about liars? If somebody tells you something and they lie, what do you think about them? Not very much. I wish they wouldn't have done that. If they'd have asked me for something, I'd have gave it to them rather than have to steal from them. We don't like people to steal. But wait just a minute. We don't like people to lie. We don't like people to steal. I believe that the Lord can prove every one of us we're lying and we're stealing too because we don't give Him the best that we've got. Amen. We give Him the rest at times. We give Him the leftovers because we don't want to do. Is that preacher going to preach another 30, 45 more minutes? I wish you'd hurry up and get through because I've heard enough. I'm going to tell you what, if you heard enough and you tell somebody about Jesus or you, you come close to Jesus, hey, that's fine. Paul, he didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't apologize for his preaching. Now, I'm not saying I'm Paul. I mean, I've been called long-winded, but I never preached as long as Paul did. But he didn't apologize for it. He just kept on preaching. You remember this cat named Eutychus up there? Not a cat, a man named Eutychus. He fell out of the third story window and fell down there and hit the ground. And all of them, they was attending around there. What is Paul doing? Paul just kept on preaching. I don't know what he said. Is he all right? Is he going to live? Just kept on preaching. The most important thing that you've done all day long is go to the Lord in prayer and ask Him to take care of whatever your needs are. Whatever your needs are. Would it be awful? For that one person, if the Lord came back tonight, every one of us in this house, but there's one person that missed heaven, wouldn't it be awful? It'd be terrible. It'd be terrible. I'm not cursing in church, but I want to say it this way. How many of us, while we were lost, or after we joined the church, how many of us ever told anybody to go to hell? Get mad at them, you say, go to hell. Please understand me. I'm not, Lord, Lord ain't mad at me. I mean, he's wanting me to bring a point out. We tell people to go to hell because we don't like them. We tell people to go to hell because we ain't got no use for them. We tell people to go, if we could only see hell for one second, if we could just glimpse down in there, we wouldn't want our worst enemy to ever have to go there. But we, at times, I, I get, the Lord's going to get you before we get through because we are satisfied too many times with what's going on and we don't want more of what the Lord wants to give us. If we do, when the altar call tonight and you realize that you're not what you need to be, let me tell you what, you file down here, you stand around here and you come and you say, Lord, by my coming, I want everything that you want to give me. I want forgiveness for where I've sinned. I, I want to be a better servant for you. I want to be a better witness for you. I even had somebody to say, let me tell you what, preacher. Witnessing is not my thing. Witnessing is not my thing. They got saved by a witness. But they don't want to... My goodness, you're sitting out there at KFC and you don't have a penny in your pocket and I come by and say, let me buy you dinner. I buy you dinner and you get what you want and you say thank you. Then I come out there the next day and I don't have a penny in my pocket. Man, I wish you could eat with us. You don't have no money, do you? <laughs> and that's the way we treat the Lord at times. We'll ask for Him. 
You look up the word. Look in, in your Bible sometime here tonight, tomorrow, whenever. If, forgiveness. You look that word forgiveness up. We are forgiven by the same way we forgive others. And oh, if we preach it in the church, people are going to get mad. You need to forgive those that have wronged you. What do you mean? They wronged me. The Christian's response is always to go and seek reconciliation. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. You got somebody that, that done something to you, you don't forgive them? Let me tell you what. Don't ask the Lord to forgive you for anything. He ain't no liar. Because if you can't forgive somebody, how's he going to forgive you? Okay. Bible talks it right there. Said, that man that had that debt. You remember what it was? Very little, but he said, please, I beg you just to let this. And they forgave him his debt, right? Mm -hmm. And he had a servant out there that owed him. And what did he do? He went out there and started beating him up and everything. Pay me what you owe me. What did he say? I forgave you. Why don't you forgive him? It works both ways. Tonight, would you bow your head? When our musicians come, we're getting ready for the invitation. You've heard the message, and I hope and pray that God blessed you through it. He did if you ask Him to. And when we pray tonight, Lord, as we come, as we pray, is we ask your blessings upon this service. The invitation part of this service, dear Lord, is an opportunity for many to come and make that commitment to you, that rededication. That, that person that don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, they have head knowledge of Him, but nothing in the heart. They don't know whether they'd go to heaven if they died tonight or not. Lord, I just pray that you just search out this congregation, Lord, never who that may be. You know who they are. And Lord Jesus, you'd bring them and they would get gloriously saved tonight. And for our church members, dear Lord, in many churches, if all that we have is church membership, Lord, bring us to the point where we can get born again. Help us, Lord. So we can serve you, so we can tell others about how wonderful you are. Virgins were left out, the door was shut. No way for them to get in. Lord, is there someone here tonight standing outside saying, Lord, let me in? Lord, while they still have an opportunity, I pray that they would come tonight and ask You to be the Lord and Savior of their life. Forgive them of their sin. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.